This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Well, we're going to begin a brand new series this month entitled A Season of Hope. But we're uh, thinking about Christmas. We're approaching Christmas. I'm sure everybody, if you've been out and about, you know, they've been ready for Christmas, you know, since before Halloween. You know? Uh, Not that I'm that old, but I can remember when, you know, they didn't start the Christmas stuff till after Thanksgiving. That was just a couple of years ago, but, you know, now it's sooner and sooner every year. But, you know, I, I love Christmas. It's one of my favorite, not my favorite time of year. I just, I love everything about it. I love what it means spiritually. I love what it means to be with family and relationships. It's just a wonderful, wonderful time. And, uh, you know, it's a great time. Let me just say this. It's a great time to witness to people about God's love. People are just open at Christmas time. It's just, just how it is. They're very open to that. So, you know, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Today, we're going to talk about restoring hope. You know, I read something interesting. Uh, Some researchers conducted an interesting experiment with rats that really dramatically illustrates the importance of hope. They put a rat in a big uh, uh, container of water, big tub of water with high sides so it couldn't just climb out in a completely dark room, and and the rat swam, 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 swam for about three minutes, gave up. But then they took another rat, put it in the same tub, same conditions, the same dark room, but left one little ray of light. And that rat swam and swam and swam and swam and swam and swam for 36 hours or 700 times longer than the one that was just in the room with no light at all. And you know, that's kind of how it is without hope, isn't it? You try to live this life without hope, it just seems to sap all your energy, sap all your vitality. You just feel like, what's the use of anything? Why in the world am I even continuing in this rat race? (laughs) You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, so today we want to look at this. You know, when we lose hope, a lot of things can happen to us. You know, we can get uh, uh, despondent. We can get discouraged. And we can just finally just say, you know what? I don't even know why, you know, I'm getting up in the morning. Why am I even going about doing this? What's the purpose of it? I mean, without hope. So let's look a little bit at it about restoring hope. Uh, if you would, if you have your Bible with you, look over in Zechariah. Now, if you'll just hang Matthew and hang a left two books, you'll be in Zechariah. Okay? I know that's, that. I mean, I know you're probably just reading in Zechariah this morning, right? Oh, Zechariah. <laughs> There's a scripture there, and, and, and they're going to put it up. Uh, usually I read out of the NIV, but I wondered, I came across this in the New Living Testament. I really like the way it reads because it, it really is the essence of what we want to kick off this series about. In verse 12, 
Again, I'm going to read in the New Living Testament. It says, Come back to the place of safety, all you prisoners, for there is yet hope. And I believe if God is saying anything to us today, that's what He's saying, that all of us who feel maybe a prisoner of our circumstance, a prisoner of discouragement, a prisoner of hopelessness, He's saying, listen, all of you, who feel like you're in a prison house of some kind like that, emotionally or, or mentally, saying, you know, there's yet hope. And I've got good news for you today, and I'm so glad that the ministry of the gospel is good news. And that is that there's hope for you. There's hope for you. That some definitions of hope. Uh, Webster says it's to cherish a desire with an expectation of fulfillment. See, sometimes we get the idea that hope is just open-ended. You know, it's kind of like, you, you ever heard the illustration, you know, the, 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 carrot, the carrot with the donkey? You know, the, the guy's on the donkey and he's got a carrot on a stick and he's holding it out there just out of reach. You know, and the donkey keeps walking and walking, keeps thinking, you know, sooner or later, I'm bound to get that carrot. I'm bound to get it. That's not the hope that we're talking about. Hope is not... Something that you, you never realize, that cannot be realized. It's an expectation that there will be a fulfillment of it. God is not dangling a carrot in front of you to get you to keep going on and on and on like that donkey. When God gives you a promise and God gives you a hope, it is that it might be fulfilled in your life to His glory. There's an expectation. But see, when we lose hope, we lose that expectation. And we kind of feel like that donkey sometimes. We're just kind of plodding along, plodding along. And, you know, we keep reaching for the carrot, but it just always seems to be just out of our reach. That's not how God wants us to live. Now, Vine's Expository Dictionary of New Testament words, where the New Testament word is translated as hope, this is... The, the, the definition of that it is the happy anticipation of good. You know, I've heard some people say, why in the world are you doing giving those people hope? Are you kidding me? Where are you coming from? Listen, uh, just like I, you know, I mentioned in the letter, uh, hopefully everybody, uh, are you getting the letter I'm sending out? Did you get that? You know, that, that hope there, I said in that letter that hope is kind of like oxygen. And how long can you live without oxygen? You can't live too long, a few minutes maybe at best. But without hope, the human spirit, we, we cannot go on. And so to say, don't be giving people false hope, there is no such thing as false hope. There's either hope or no hope. Isn't that right? How do you counterfeit hope? It's an intangible thing, isn't it? It's in the realm of the spirit. You can, how are you going to counterfeit that? Yeah, there's hope or no hope. And the Bible says that God's come to give us hope, to give us what? An expectation of fulfillment of his good plan for you. We know what he said over there in Jeremiah. He said, I know the plans I've got for you. I know I've got it all planned out. I've got your life planned out. He said, it's all mapped out. He said, and it, furthermore, it's a good thing. He said, I want to do you good. That's why I just can't follow all this all religious stuff where they say God's out to get you and, you know, he's going to knock you in the head to teach you something. I've never seen an unconscious person learn anything. Have you? 
No, listen, God, He wants you, your hope to be rekindled today. He wants your hope to be renewed today. He wants to strengthen it. He wants to enlarge it. He wants you to leave this place today and expect something good. You know, years ago, Brother Oral Roberts used to say this all the time. He said, he said, expect something good. Something good is going to happen to you today. Man, I like that, don't you? What if you, maybe you need to just put that on, make yourself a, a sign on your, a, you know, a nice sign on your computer and print that thing off and put it right up there, you know, on your mirror where you shave or you do your makeup and just put up there, God says something good is going to happen to me today. Boy, I'm telling you, I like that. God's a today God. He's not a, just a yesterday God. He's not a one of these days God. He's a today God. You know, today's when I need help. I hadn't even got to tomorrow yet. <laughs> Isn't that true? Some symptoms of hopelessness. And, and again, I want to read this. Uh, Psalm 42. I want to read this just one more out of the New Living Translation, if I might. Psalm 42. If you're feeling discouraged, if you're feeling despondent or have despair this morning, listen, those are symptoms that what? You, you're, you've lost hope. You've lost hope. In Psalm 42 and verse 5, listen to this. The psalmist David is speaking. He said, why am I so discouraged? Why so sad? I will put my hope in God. You know, usually it's when we, in the midst of the pressures of life, the circumstances of life, maybe things are not, you know, in a happy place for you right now, as they say. But you know what? If you don't put your focus there, if you don't put your, your, your eyes just upon your circumstance alone, but if you will dare to lift them up beyond your circumstance and beyond everything that's happening around you and put them on God, you know what? God can go, you can go from being sad to being glad. You can be happy. Why? Because you have an expectation in God that, you know, no matter what's going on, listen, I'm putting my hope in God. God is faithful. God will not fail me. Amen? Absolutely. He says here, he says, I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. Hallelujah. You know what a Savior does, don't you? He saves. Duh. <laughs> he saves. So why should we not expect him to save and deliver us out of all of our trouble? He's promised to do it, hasn't he? He's promised to do it. And listen, if you're feeling discouraged, if you're feeling despondent or even in despair, let me encourage you. Listen, shift. Just do a shift of what you're focusing upon. Shift over and begin to put your hope back in God. You're feeling discouraged? Discouraged means to deprive of confidence. Maybe you've lost your confidence in life. That's, a, that's not a good place to be, is it? You ever been there? I have. Man, you, you, you lose your confidence. In, yeah, I mean, you, your confidence in God, your expectation about things getting any better. And I mean, pretty soon you feel just like that illustration of that rat where it's totally shut up in darkness, and you're kind of thinking, man, 
what in the world am I still doing here, you know, fighting all this thing? What am I swimming for? What am I doing? I mean, there's just no way out. And you feel discouraged and you lose your confidence. And then it's like, you know, uh, anything you do, you're, you're expecting the worst. You're expecting failure. You're expecting that things are just not going to work out for you. You ever talk to somebody who's there? We're not criticizing people. Man, I'm, I'm criticizing. I've been there. I said, I've been there. Now, I know all you guys are spiritual giants, but, you know, you know somebody that's been there. You know, uh, but, but, you know, you, you talk to them. You can tell when somebody's lost their confidence, can't you? By the words that come out of their mouth. You know, they're not, they're not speaking about that God can, that God will. They're talking about how things just don't seem to work out for them. That I just don't understand why this is happening to me. And I don't know why this keeps going on and on. And why it just seems like I go from one bad thing to the next bad thing. And, there, that, you know, there's a loss of, of confidence there. And then, you know, if you're discouraged long enough, you become despondent. Despondent, it's a depression of spirits from a loss of courage or hope. Because when we lose our hope and we lose our confidence, the next thing you know, we lose our courage. We lose our courage. We're not, we don't take risks anymore. You know, we, 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 we want to play it safe even though we don't like the place we're at. We don't like it. We're tired of it. But we think, you know what, if I, if, if I take a risk, I might end up in a worse place than this. Boy, I sure don't want it. If there's any place worse than this, I don't want to be there. It's what, it signifies that what we've, we've lost our hope. We've lost our courage. You know, when, when you're, 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 your confidence and your hope is there, you're, you're looking to God, you're, you're connected to God vitally, I'm telling you, there's a strength and a courage that comes up within you that says, just like, you know, the, the two spies that says, you know what, man, we're well able to take the land. I don't care if there is giants in it. There may be giants, there may be walled cities, there may be obstacles, but you know what, bless God, we're well able to take it. But when you've lost that, you've lost that edge. You lose that edge in your faith. You lose that edge when you pray. You lose that edge in the words that you speak and the actions that you take. And you're just despondent. And if you stay there long enough, then you move to a place called despair. And you don't want to be there. Because that's the place where you give up. You just give up. You know? I'm just, yeah, here it is. I, I'm, I'm not swimming another lick. I'm, I'm just sinking. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of being in this, as we call it, the rat race. But the good news is hope can be restored. Hope can be restored in your life. In Romans 15, I want to read this scripture to you. Hope can be restored. Maybe you're here this morning and you need hope to be restored in your life. I'm going to tell you, before you leave today, you can move to that place where hope is restored. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 13, it says right here, he said, <clears throat> I'm sorry, Romans, I said 1 Corinthians, but Romans is where we want to go, excuse me, Romans 15, Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope, the God of hope, you know what God is, he's a God of hope, 
When you walk with God, when you fellowship with God, you know what's going to be strong in you? Hope. 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 Now we know there are hope stealers, hope thieves. Thieves, if you will. Hope thieves in this world. All kind of circumstances. You can have setbacks. You can have tests and trials and difficulties. Listen, welcome to the human race. Anybody in here that's never had any of that? I ain't got my hand up. That's just an illustration. <laughs> no, we, we all have gone to, haven't we? But here's the thing. I focus on my God. He is my strength. He is my refuge. He is my fortress. The Bible says He's a very present help in my time of trouble. He says, may the God of all hope woo, fill you with all joy and peace. You know what hope brings? Joy and peace. Listen, when fear and hopelessness is gripping you, there is a mental and a, a, a physical fatigue that is the result of it. You can't seem to sleep. You can't seem to rest. Your mind is always running, racing. There, fear tries to grip you. That hopelessness comes on you. There is no peace. And there is no joy. But listen, when we turn back our focus to the God of all hope, you know, along as that hope is restored, He also restores peace and joy. You can lay your head down and sleep and rest. A smile can come on your face. A joy can come up and buoy you up. says, fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him. You know, part of hope, uh, the reason our hope is so strong is what? I'm trusting in God. Yes, I may be in a difficult situation right now. I may be going through difficult times. But listen, I'm trusting in God. And He is the God of all hope who said that He will cause all these things happening in my life right now to work out together for my good. Good is coming. Good is on the way. Good is on the way in your life. Something good is on the way out of your circumstances, out of your problem, out of everything. Something good is on the way. If you're trusting in God. So that you may overflow with hope. Woo! Glory to God. You ever seen something overflow? You know what that means, don't you? More than enough. But it also means what? It cannot contain it. Would you like to have so much hope? Oh, man, it's just overflowing. So, you know, everywhere you go, you just, you know what? Hope is flowing out of you to others. You can give them hope. You can overflow from your hope and begin to what? Encourage them. You may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I'm so glad God did not leave us orphans. He's given us His Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has power. Doesn't He? Power to do, but also power to bring hope. 
to the hopeless and joy to the downcast. The power of the Holy Spirit. Hope is a positive stronghold for our mind. I mentioned that when you get into a place of fear or hopelessness, man, your mind is just, you know, your mind is running, 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 trying to figure it out, trying to work it out, trying to, how are we going to do this? How's it going to work out? And if you're in a place of hopelessness, your mind's just thinking, you know what? Yeah. Man, it's not just two plus two happening here. It's two times two times two times two. It's getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And we got to figure out what to do. And we got to figure out what to do. And how are we going to solve this? And, and, and your mind just races, races. And you get emotionally exhausted. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. I'm glad you don't. You've never been there. But hope is a positive stronghold for the mind. It causes us to what? To replace negative thoughts with God thoughts. You know what God thoughts are? Something good is on the way. <laughs> Something good is about to happen to you. God is at work in you, both the willing to do His good pleasure, and His good pleasure is good. He wants you to have a happy expectation today that God's good and perfect plan is being worked out in your life and the good that God has for you is on the way. Oh, hallelujah. Something good's coming, honey. Oh, hallelujah. You say, yeah, but it don't look that way. It depends on where you're looking. Depends on where you're looking, doesn't it? I found this out. It's real easy to find what's wrong if you look for it. You don't have to look too hard, do you? Hope, I put it this way. The Bible talks about it. Let's look over there, 1 Thessalonians. Paul said that hope is like a helmet. Ooh, a crash helmet. Come on. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 8. He said, but since we belong to... To the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. Oh, hallelujah. You know, I was, I was, I was, I was watching a football game yesterday and I noticed all those guys out there on the field. You know what? Along with other equipment, you know what they had on their head? A helmet. It was to pr protect them from the blows, the concussions that they might receive in that game. And God has given us the helmet of hope to protect us from the concussions of life when they come against us. The blows of life. Somebody, you know, people are always asking me, I don't know why they think because you're in the ministry that you know everything. I don't know where we got that from. You know? And they're always, you know, well, I don't understand, you know, why did this happen to this person? And why did that happen to this person? And, and why didn't this happen to that? And they, they I don't know, I, you know. I don't know why they think I've got the answers to all this. I always tell them, I don't know, I, that's way above my pay grade. All I know is that, you know, that things happen in life. Now, I know some things about why, but I don't know everything that happens. And, and, you know, it's not my place to try to figure out why all this happened or didn't happen or should have happened or could have happened. I'm just a pastor. I'm not God. 
That's way over my pay grade. But you know, things happen in life, don't they? Man, we all, we all get hit with things. The blows of life, you know, stuff happens. Things come against us. They happen to us. I know some of the reasons. One, that, that we're living in a, a fallen creation. There is a devil. I don't care what some people want to say. There is a devil. He does bad things. Jesus said he goes about trying to kill, steal, and destroy. Isn't that right? So that's some reasons. But things happen to people. But here's the thing. If life has happened to you, if a blow has hit you, the good news is if you have on the helmet of hope, you don't get concussed. You know, you don't, you don't get disoriented. You don't get knocked out. It may land you a blow, but you can get back up and land on your feet because what? You have the helmet of hope upon you and your trust is in God. Isn't that true? Absolutely. They're hard knocks in life. Listen, young people, don't, don't, you know, it's not all Disney World. Isn't that right? It's a happy place, you know. I mean, I like the happy place too, but you know, that's not, that's not real. Life is not all the happy place. <laughs> and so we have been given equipment and prepared what with hope. But now listen, if you're already hopeless and then another blow hits you, you know what? You're in danger of getting knocked out. You're in danger of getting a concussion. In life, in, 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 the, in the fight of faith in life. And you know what? You get knocked out, you can't do much. <laughs> Isn't that true? There's no activity for a person that's unconscious. There's no fight. There's no, the, their strength is not being utilized anymore. They're just there. And sometimes there are people that are just kind of there. They're going through life. They're going through the motions. But I'm telling you, life has given them a concussion. But the good news is that you can be restored. Hope can be restored. I want to give you two pictures of hope real quick. Hope is a place of refuge for safety and protection, as I said, from mental fatigue and harassment. You know, in, in the book of Numbers, you can read it over there, chapter 35. When the children of Israel came into the promised land, God told them to set up what he called cities of refuge. <clears throat> and I won't get into all the issues about the cities of refuge, but it was basically where a person, when they got in trouble accidentally, they were in trouble, they could get to this city, and as long as they got to the city and stayed in the city, they were protected from the repercussions of their actions. Amen. Called cities of refuge. And I, there were six of them, I believe, throughout Israel. And so we have to understand that hope is like a refuge for us when things happen to us. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was part of it had to do with your own doing. I've been there too. <laughs> I've made some good decisions and I've made some of those other kinds. <laughs> and so maybe we find ourselves, maybe you find yourselves in a particular situation. Maybe you've made some bad decisions. Maybe a bad relationship decision. Maybe bad financial decision. Maybe whatever they are. But I've got good news for you. That doesn't have to be the final chapter in your life. 
There is a refuge, a city of refuge that you can go to, and that is called hope. There is hope for you. There's hope for that relationship to be healed and restored. There's hope for God to turn around your financial setback. There is hope for whatever has come against you in life that has hit you a blow. There is hope, and there can be a confidence and a trust that rises up in us today before we leave this place. So it's a place of refuge. It's a place of safety and protection when my hope is there. Man, I'm telling you, I get up and I'm not afraid of today and tomorrow and next week, but I've got a confident expectation. My God is with me. My God has good things planned for me. And even if life deals me a blow, you know what? Because I have the helmet of hope upon me, I'm telling you what, I'm still going to be able to stand and move forward with confidence and courage. Amen? Amen. And also, this, this picture of hope, it's like an anchor for the soul. You know, sometimes, you know, we need an anchor. A ship, you know, especially uh, in the midst of rough waters and storms, you know, they'll drop what they call the sea anchor. You know, it's just big, huge, heavy anchors. And if the ship's big, sometimes it's more than one. But they drop that heavy anchor. And that anchor passes through all the waves and the tossing and the shifting of that water that is, you know, uh, unstable and everything. And it goes down, down, down until it gets a hold of some bedrock. And hope is like that anchor that we drop down into the bedrock of Christ Jesus. And, the, uh, you know, on the top, man, we may, we may, our boat may be doing this, that, and the other, but I'm telling you, we got an anchor for the soul. An anchor where we can have confidence. We can have courage. We can face the problems, the tests, the trials today and with confidence tomorrow. Amen. Let me read you another scripture over in Lamentations. That's another one I'm sure you were over there reading this morning, right? <laughs> Listen to this. Maybe this will encourage you to get over into some of those books. You know, there's some good stuff over in there. Listen to this. <clears throat> I'm going to begin reading oh, about verse 21. Yet this I call, I'm going to back up to 19. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. That's, that's a person that life hasn't gone well for them. I will well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. What are you remembering? Where everything has gone wrong? He said, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love... We are not consumed. Oh, hallelujah. For his compassions never fail. His compassions never fail. Oh, buddy, you're going to get it now. God's going to get you now. You've messed up big time, buddy. Man, that was dumb. That was stupid. You ought not have done that. That's it, buddy. God's out to get you now. His compassions never fail. I could just about shout and have one of those Pentecostal fit. Y'all ain't never had to have none of this, obviously. I'm, I'm, I'm just having to hold myself down here, brother. 
Oh. That's why I always tell people, people say, man, I'm telling you, but be careful. God's out to get you. Listen, if God was out to get us, he'd already got us. Well, some of us, he's had lots of opportunities. He's probably had at least one for you. His, his, we are not consumed. His compassions, they never fail. Listen, they are new every morning. Every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, listen, sometimes you got to say to yourself. As a matter of fact, you need to every day say to yourself something. Don't say that other stuff. You know, that hopeless stuff. Don't say that. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. Oh, hallelujah. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. Oh, my, my, my. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. Where's your hope this morning? If it's in him, boy, good's on the way. I'm telling you, something good is in the pipeline. Something good is in the mail. Something good is in the GPS. God's packaging system. You know, this time of year, everybody's looking for UPS to come. See what we're going to get. I tell you, God's got a GPS. He's got a heavenly angel system. That can bring something good. That can open doors for you. That can turn your situation around in one moment of time. Well, I have to preach a little bit every once in a while. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in Him. To the one who seeks Him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Ways to restore hope. I just read one of them to you. Remembering God's goodness. Remembering God's mercy. I don't know why some people always want to be on God's judgment. I don't want none of that. Do you? That's why, that's why I ran to Jesus. <laughs> God's word. Listen. Listen, you get into God's Word. And listen. See, somebody's always, yeah, but Pastor Noss, I read over here where it says, you know, God's mad every day. <laughs> well, you find all those mad scriptures you want. I'm going to find the mercy scriptures. I'm going to find the hope scriptures. I'm going to find the goodness of God. I'm going to find what Jesus has provided for me who didn't deserve it, but I got it anyway. It's called grace. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Listen, get into God's Word. Find out what God says about you. The Bible says that, that because you set your love on Him, He will be with you in trouble and He will deliver you. Amen. He didn't say because you were perfect. He said because you set your love on Him. You love the Lord? Amen. Are you trusting in Him? Something good's on the way. I said something good's on the way. Hope in God. Something good's on the way for your life, for your family, for your loved ones. Something good's on the way for this church, for this ministry. Something good's on the way. Woo. Remembering God's mercy. And then looking unto Jesus. 
looking unto Jesus in life's storms. You remember one time when the apostles, you know, they were in the boat. Jesus said, go to the other side. You know the story. They started. They got a little ways. And, and you know, they were in the perfect will of God and a storm came up. There's two times when storms will come into your life. When you're in the will of God, when you get out of the will of God. The difference is the condition of your ship when you go through it in the will of God versus out of the will of God. Out of the will of God, you're in danger of shipwreck. In the will of God, you go on over to the other side. Isn't that right? So they started... Going to the other side in the perfect will of God. They were in the perfect. Jesus said, let us go to the other side. So they went to the other side. And all of a sudden, a storm came up. Hello. The wind started blowing. Oh, you know, some people think if, you, you know, if there's any trouble in your life, you must have missed God. Come on. Not necessarily. That could be the case, but that ain't necessarily the case. These boys were in the will of God. They were going across. The storm came up and everything came up. And man, they, you know, for a moment there, they were in danger of losing their hope. They thought they were going to go under. They thought they were going to sink. They thought they weren't going to make it. But then they remembered. Jesus is in the boat. What does Hebrews 12, 2 say? It says, looking unto Jesus... The author and the finisher of our faith. Ooh. Where are you looking makes all the difference. And whether you go over to the other side or you shipwreck. See, hopelessness is about a shipwreck. But I got good news to you. God, God, not, only, God not only can raise up bodies from the dead he can raise up ships from the graveyard the ship of your life listen maybe this morning maybe you're in a place of hopelessness maybe you're in a place where you feel like man i've just i've blown it i've missed it i've, I've messed it up i haven't done it right it, man i feel like my ship's at the bottom i got good news for you god is in the salvage business God and Son, salvage business. He's good at salvaging lives. I know I'm one of them. He can take you from the bottom to the top. Amen. Your ship may be full of holes, but if God says, tells it to float, it'll float. <laughs> Isn't that right? It'll float. Sometimes we might be like Paul, the apostle, you know. He was in the perfect will of God. He was in a shipwreck. Man, his ship broke up and he just rode a plank to shore. But you know what? He got there. He was a little wet and everything. But I'm blessed God. He landed on his feet. Maybe you're feeling a little wet. Maybe you got some seaweed in your hair. Doesn't matter. I'm telling you what. If this morning you will... Put your eyes back on the God of your salvation. He is able to salvage you and to cause you to stand on your feet. Boom. He said, man, you look a little bedraggled there, Pastor. That's all right. Better than drowning. That's better than drowning. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you know what? If you read that story about Paul even further, God used him. They had a, a revival on that island. Everybody got saved. Uh, the king loaded Paul down with, with all kind of money and wealth. Paul caught the next boat, went on to Rome, and he had the money from that revival. He had the money to rent a house for two years and preach the gospel. Boy, I tell you, God can cause you to land on your feet. <laughs> Isn't that true? So let me give you some action steps as we start to close here. Let me ask you, do you have any of the symptoms of hopelessness such as discouragement or despondency or despair? Listen, you know, sometimes it's, it's good. Now, you know, we don't want to stay at this place, but sometimes it's good to just say, you know, to take an honest look at ourselves, not in a condemning way, but just say, hey, you know, are these symptoms here? If they're here, you know what that's a sign of? I, you know, I've lost hope. And probably you haven't lost hope, you just misplaced it. You got it misplaced by looking at your circumstances rather than the God of all hope. All you got to do is make a small adjustment from looking here to looking to Him. From your problems and your circumstances and everything's wrong to God and His Word and His mercy and His goodness and His faithfulness. You just make an adjustment. It's amazing. Return to the source of hope. Remember God's mercy. Go to the Scriptures and begin to restore or renew your hope. What has God said? God has God said. You remember the dream God gave you? Maybe, maybe when you were in a time of prayer, just reading the scriptures. You were just alone, fellowshipping with God. And, and God put a dream in your heart, in your mind. He gave you a vision or a word for your life and for your future. And maybe, you know, the difficulties of life just caused you to lose sight of that. You kind of put it on the back burner, you know. Listen, I know it can happen to good people. To people who love God, it can happen. There's no condemnation there. But you know what we do? Is we begin to, we get back with God. And we begin to get into His Word. We begin to worship God and spend time with God. And all of a sudden, you know what you'll find out? It was only on the back burner. And all of a sudden, that thing begins to come back in focus. It becomes, becomes alive again. It becomes renewed again. And you know, you discover that, you know what? That God's purpose and God's plan for your life hadn't changed at all. It's still everything that God told you it is. And it's everything that God wants it to be. It's absolutely there. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.